Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. couple of weeks today is our final offering of the advance series and these past couple of weeks I pray that you've been blessed because what I've been talking to you about over these past couple of weeks is how to advance you how to advance me how we advance in 2015 as people but I wanted to close this series and talk about how we advance as the church how we you and I you know now that we know what we need to do for ourselves how do we as the body of Christ advance the kingdom of God my whole theme this year y'all gonna hear me talk about it time and time again you're gonna hear it in your spirit is advance everything we do is all about advancing it's about moving forward it's about putting our best foot uh, out there. It's about giving our very best. It's about moving forward, moving, not staying in one place, just moving. Everything I say this year is going to be about advancing, advancing you as a person, but advancing the body of Christ. And it's so important. Do you all know that within a five to 10 mile radius From where we are, this very zip code, within a 5 to 10 mile radius, there are tens of thousands of people right now at home chilling. They don't need to be in a church. They're over church and out church. They're tired of the church experience. But here's what I know, and this is what you probably know as well, that outside of of a community of believers, it's impossible to grow as a Christian. If that was the case, Paul would have done it by himself. Let me go even deeper. Jesus would have done it by himself, and he has the power to do it. But the very first thing he did when he started his ministry, he said, I'm not going to find one. I'm not going to find two. I'm not going to find three. Give me about 12 cats that will walk with me on my side and build up this kingdom. And it happened in a church setting, in a fellowship And there are tens of thousands of people within a five to ten mile radius of this very zip code that we're in right now that need Jesus in their lives. They're somewhere probably watching a a, a video, a streaming faith or something like that right now and saying, that's all the God I need. And God is saying, no, it's not. Because in his very word, he says, forsake not the fellowship of other believers. I'm not preaching yet. I'm I'm, I'm, going to get there. But I'm passionate about this. We need to have people. I don't care about what you think church should be. All we need, I don't care what it should look like to you. 
you need to know that outside of some other believers like yourself, it's impossible for you to grow within your faith. So today, that's what I want to talk about. My message today is entitled Together with One Voice. Together with One Voice. Not my voice. Not your voice, but our voice. One voice. Together with one voice. And I want to I wanna, I wanna use as a text to, to, to kind of outline what we talk about. I want to talk to you from the book of Romans. From the book of Romans. And you'll have this in your notes. You'll have this in your notes. Romans 15, verses 5 through 9a. 9a. We're not going to read the B part of verse 9. We're just going to stop at 9a. And you find these words. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice. Say that with me with one voice giving praise and glory to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. Somebody, y'all got to know that he made some promises to Big Mama and them on your behalf. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. He also came so that the Gentiles may give glory to God for his mercies to them. Oh, God bless this word as I, as I, as I plan and, and prepare for it, God. I pray that all of the, the labor that I've put into it comes out, God. I don't want people to hear my voice. No, no, no. I don't even want them to see my image. God, I want them to hear you and see you today. God, let your word, which is already living, become even more alive to those who are here today. God, please bless this place this morning from center to circumference. Bless the man who shares this word. Let it be pure and authentic. Let it bypass the ears of every single person here and rest on their heart. We ask these things and so many more in the beautiful name of your son, Jesus. Everyone who would agree would say amen. Amen. Amen again. Let me tell you about the Roman church. I like the Roman church. I don't agree with how it all started, but I like it. Let me tell you why I like it. Because it's, it's, it's pretty much identical to what I envision Mosaic Church being. The Roman church was full of people with different races, different cultural backgrounds, different social economic statuses. You had, watch this, it was, the Roman church was so radically diverse that you had slaves and free people. And in some cases, people who owned the slaves all worshiping together. It was so radically diverse and so beautiful, but it was so challenging and flawed. The Roman church, all of these different people, this, this, this beautiful amalgamation of God's creation of people brought together had to learn how to work and live together. They had to learn how to live in harmony. They had to put what they, and this was really hard for the Jewish people. Because y'all know the Jewish people were very proud in this time. 
The, the Jewish people, it, it was like, this is our religion. This is our thing. We, we have religious laws. They were very proud in what they believed. So, so it was really hard for them to kind of digress and kind of accept your beliefs. It was really hard for them because some of them could even pinpoint the exact tribe that their ancestors came from. They could literally say, oh, because it was documented that I am an heir of the tribe of Benjamin. I come from good cloth. They could literally trace their lineage all the way back to the originals so they were very very proud people they had to give that up to accept people who couldn't do that they had to give up that identity that made them who they were in the first place in order to embrace their brothers for this thing that they were part of called the way now, now, in case you don't know, this, this, this faith that we, we believe in and this, this, this movement that we're part of that we call Christianity, well, it was originally known as the way. And it was, it was the way to, <laughs> to, 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 to a new life, the way to a better life, oh, the, the way to God, the way to heaven, the way to paradise. This movement that we call Christianity today was originally known as the way. And these Jews, in order to be a part of it, had to give up what they thought was their, their, their our real identity to be a part of this movement called the way. And I, 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 I want to offer this and tell you this. In order for us to advance the kingdom of God, you and I are going to have to give up some things that we think that are naturally a part of our DNA. Some of those things that people have planted in us. Some of those things that people have marked us with. Some of those things that people have identified us as. We're going to have to give some of that up in order for us to really advance the kingdom of God. And some of us, it's very difficult. Some of us, it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. Watch this. Have you ever been to a public pool or even at your school and just sat on the sideline and watched how the different people enter the pool? Have you ever done that? Just, just fantasize with me or go back in your memory. Have you ever sat by the pool and watched like some people, they, they walk up and, and, and they, 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 they stick the toe in. Oh, 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 oh. They, they stick the other toe in. And then you got that, that, that group of people that go to the stairs and they walk and they walk, especially men, they walk. Then they tiptoe as the water rises. They kind of get up like as the water gets deeper. Huh? You ever see how people get in? But then, then you have that Olympic, Olympic swimmer type of person that goes to the diving boards, chest all stuck out, and swan dives in. Or, 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 or you have that kid that's just like, oh, oh, the pool, been waiting for it. Oh, the pool, cannonball, and jumps in. You ever watch how people enter the pool? That's a great illustration for what I want to talk about advancing the kingdom. God wants us to be like that kid. Oh, oh, I love, I love advancing the kingdom of God. Oh, oh, I can't wait for Sunday morning. Cannonball. He wants you to be all in. He don't want you to be tiptoe. Ooh, ooh, oh. He don't want that. He don't want you to take your little steps and, oh, whoa, that water's too cold. 
He doesn't want, he wants you to cannonball in. He don't want you to be the Olympic swimmer that goes to the top of the diving board and, and, and does this beautiful thing where they, they're perfect with their dive because everybody's watching. I want everybody to see how beautiful my form is. Was, was it right? Did I do good? Did it, was, was I tucked tight? Was my, was my buttocks tight? Was, was I tucked good? You know, no, he don't want you to be perfect. He wants you to just go in, everything flapping in the wind, and splash. You know why he wants you to cannonball in? So that when you splash, everybody else gets hit with the water. And the water is Jesus. Oh, man, I'm still not preaching yet. I'm I'm still not preaching yet, but I'm going to get there. He wants you to cannonball in. My question, my whole message today is this. Y'all ready? Are you involved in your church or are you committed to the kingdom? Are you involved or are you committed? This is what I want to talk about. Are you involved or are you committed? In order for us to advance as the church, I want you to change your mindset today. Your first note is don't be involved. Be committed. Don't be involved Be committed. Commitment is not simply a mental attitude. It's developing developing an ability to further the cause you're committed to. I like like that. And I got to say that again. That's pretty good. Commitment is not simply a mental attitude. It's developing an ability to further the cause you're committed to. I I was talking with a young lady the other day and, and her friend air quotes and uh i says are you guys uh dating uh no no we're we're friends and they, we, we we everybody's friends now and when i say young lady she wasn't a teenager she was a grown woman everybody's friends there's no such thing as commitment there's no there's no no there's no hey let's 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 be formal with this let's you and i commit one to another a uh, matter of fact uh, if i'm a man i'm gonna say baby i want to court you not to just be hanging out and, and saying i got this beautiful girl on my arm but i want to court you for the purpose of marriage I, I, that's another sermon but what i'm trying to tell you is there's no such thing as commitment in this society now we're avoiding commitment even in our relationships where we're vo- avoiding commitment And this is the part that really, really jams me up. Many people can say what they want about certain denominations. But what I will say, within certain denominations, there's a certain commitment that comes from people that are part of that denomination. And what I've noticed that in the church, that commitment is something that we're beginning to shy away from. There are many people that are involved in church. Let me explain myself. There are many people that will show up on Sunday. They're involved. There are many people that will help every now and again. They're involved. But the commitment is saying, let me put something on the calendar and say, at least every third Sunday, you got me. I didn't mean to hear crickets on that one. Amen would have been sufficient. This is not a bashing message, but I need you to check your commitment and involvement meter and see to which dial the thing is is teetering toward. Because I need committed folks, not for me, but for God to do what he will do or needs to do. I started by saying that Jesus, the son of God, himself, God incarnated, 
came himself, could have done it by himself, but said, you know what? Now I'm not going to get two or three. I need 12. We need to be committed. Let me, let me tell you what commitment is. You know, to be committed, it requires equity. And, and, and this is some of my business jargon. There are two types of equity. Two types. The first type of equity is very known. It's very common. When you hear the word equity, the first thing pops in most people's mind is money. Am I right about it? That's money. That's one type of equity. The other type of equity is time. Sweat equity. And here's what I'm telling you. If you are not in your, if you are in your local church and you have not <laughs> put in any equity on either side of that, then I would offer to say you're involved in church and not committed. Now, now, if you've put forth some money equity, you can still be involved and committed, but it still requires both. It still requires both. Let me use the Lord as an example again. We know that, that Jesus traveled all over the place. He did ministry, but let me just say this. He, he, where he did ministry was not very far. We read the Bible, some of us think, oh, man, he traveled the world sharing the gospel. No, it was probably less than 20 miles. Really, it was where he did the bulk of his ministry. I'm being honest with you. Right? Check out the Bible. But in the work that they did, going place to place to place, that's the equity where they performed miracles. They fed 5,000 plus where they, where, where they were helping and uh, healing people, where they were doing all kinds of great things, right? There was still somebody collecting the money equity. This ain't about money today, but it's about it requires both. That's the point I'm trying to put forth. That Jesus himself, they did work, which is the sweat equity, but they also had somebody collecting some money for the other part of the equity. You need both. You decide your level of commitment, but it has to be commitment and not an involvement. Amen, lights. Here's the difference between involved and committed. Many of us give to nonprofits like the American Kidney Association. That's involvement. I'm, I'm guilty. I give. I give to the American Kidney Foundation. I give to Relay for Life. Here's the commitment. My mentor and the overseer of this church, Pastor Tony Ashmore, well, he has given enough to the American Kidney Society. A member of his church needed a kidney. And he got committed and gave that. Do you know once you get committed and say, I'm going to give somebody my kidney, there's no rewind, reverse. I didn't really mean that. I was, what I was saying was, no, no, no. Once you sign the paper, they're going to cut you. They're going to take one of your kidneys. That's commitment. That's not involvement. Do you understand what I'm saying? Another friend of mine did the exact same thing. Nikki Durr. You all know Nikki? 
right? Many of us give to Relay for Life. Some of us fundraise for it. Nikki has a crew of people right here at this church that are not just involved in Relay for Life. They are committed to it. They do a big event every single year. They go out on the limb raising funds for this event so that we can put a, 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 a kill this whole thing, cancer, that's, that's killing people. They're committed to this. They're not involved in it. When we give, we're involved in it. And I'm not, listen, I don't want to take away from that. I'm not saying don't give. I'm not beating you up about it. What I'm saying is you need to step to the level of commitment. Not commitment to Broderick Santiago. Because if you get committed to me, I will fail you. I'm human like you are. But if you get committed to God, if you get committed to God, If you get committed to God, he will do some things for you that you you did not really expect to happen. When you are committed to him, put yourself aside and do stuff for him. Don't look at coming in and doing work for this church as helping Pastor B. It ain't about me. When you come and help and do something for this church, you are helping the kingdom of God grow. Listen, Liz Cuevas can't read that, that can't send that email without you all being here to give so that we can have podcasts for her and hundreds of others across this nation to listen to. <laughs> Change your involvement to commitment. All right, all right, I'm, 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 I'm done there. Here's your second point. We need to work together. Not, not, not just in this church. We need to work together. Mosaic Church needs to work with Westside Church. Westside Church needs to work with Mount Harmony Church. Mount Harmony Church needs to work with Vinings Lake Church. Vinings Lake Church needs to work with Cover Bridge Church. And in case you haven't caught it, I'm talking about the churches that exist in this community. We have to work together. Someone asked me, man, why aren't you putting yard signs and stuff out there? Well, another church is doing that. And if I do that, next thing you know, it's competition. And the person that's looking to be a part of a church going to look at that and say, you know what? I can't decide, so I'm just going to stay at home. But the best way to get somebody to come to your house is a personal invite. Come on, say it. The best way to get somebody to come to your house, listen, I want you to come to my house. I want you to come to my church. And here's why. We're not perfect, neither are you. But guess what? You'll be in great company. (laughs) We need to work together. Watch this, Romans 15, 5. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other. Help you live in complete harmony with each other. Watch this. God's goal is not that we all sing the same note, but it is important to God that we are singing the same song. And here's the thing. If we are singing the same song, here's the song. The song is, I want people to be connected to Jesus, and I think that this is a good place for that to occur. I want people who are disconnected to get connected. I want people who have detached their lines to reattach their line to the vine. Come on now, I'm preaching this morning. Uh, I want people who don't know God to know that he is all you need. You don't need self-help books. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a worship team. What you need is God, but you need to be in a place where God is. Come on this morning, this morning. We need to work together singing with one voice. When you look at this place, let me tell you something. You all 
are not members of this church. None of you are members of this church. You are partners in this church. You have a vested interest in this church. This is your corporation. This is your building. This is your church. I am your pastor. I work for the Lord. We are all in this together. This is yours. It should matter how things flow. It should matter how things look. It should matter who is here today. It should matter if we work together. We need to work together as churches. We need to work together as the body in this, in this building. We need to work together as a community. I was having a conversation with a pastor the other day, and, 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 and he was just really perplexed as I don't really understand all of this stuff that's going on with Ferguson and all of this uh, and, and please forgive me and he was very 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 sentimental and, and very apologetic but he literally did not understand why we as a people felt the way we did why black people and other people felt that this was a huge injustice he did not understand what really our feelings were he did he was clueless my first thought was like man but then I was like wait 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 it ain't about you. Listen, man, this brother's crying out. He wants to really understand so that he can really join the movement so that he can tell other people that he's in conversation with that. You know what? You got it wrong. They're not whiners. They're, they're, they're not, they're, they're, they don't want a pity party. They've been dealing with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of oppression. These are people who, who are tired of dealing with oppression and tired of getting the short end of the stick. These are people who are hypersensitive for a reason. They, they, weren't, they just didn't come out of nowhere. They're hypersensitive because the system has not agreed with them for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They came to this land because somebody brought them. Okay, I'm not, that's another message. I'm sorry, y'all. So we had this dialogue, and I began to explain to him. I says, I, I, I get it. But help me, help me understand why you don't so that I don't cast judgment on you saying, you should get it. You should get it. Help me understand, my brother, why you don't get it. And then I'm going to help you understand why this happens and why we feel the way we do. And we sat there and had the most beautiful dialogue. I was like, this needs to happen. Now, and I sat there with him. I said, you know what we need to do? You come to my church. I come to your church and let's bring the gospel in it and then get us all together so that we can understand you're no different than me. I'm no different than you. Our experiences are different, but we're the same people. We're still the same people that are part of the same body of believers. We can work together to make the change that we want to see in the society we live in. I don't mean to get on my political pulpit this morning, but y'all get what I'm saying? That's working together. It still should bother every single person in this room that Sunday morning at 11 o'clock is still the most segregated hour in the most diverse country in the world. Are you serious? <laughs> it still should be a problem because God is not pleased with that. If it, watch this. It, it, if it was okay with, with Jesus, watch this. He would have totally ignored the, uh, uh, ignored the Gentiles from the rip. He would have totally ignored them. He would have just spoke to Jewish people all day long. That's it. But no, he no. He went to places that other Jews avoided, like walking through Samaria and coming in touch with the Samaritan woman at the well. 
most Jewish people avoided it. Like, we're not going there with those half-breeds. Jesus like, no, I'm going there because I'm going to give me some water. Y'all go where you want. I'm going here. Why? Because she needs what I have. You need to be saying the same thing. I'm about to really make you uncomfortable. When was the last time you invited somebody that doesn't look like you, act like you, or, 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 or believe what you believe to your house for dinner or out to lunch? You don't have to answer that publicly because then that would be judgment. We need to be intentional about that. It can't happen accidentally. We have to be intentional. Amen. Let's, let's move on. It's getting a little quiet in here. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I just want to share your word, Jesus. Here's the third thing we got to do. We got to serve like Jesus. We have to serve like Jesus. Watch scripture. Watch scripture so you know that I'm not making this up. Watch scripture here. Romans 15, 8. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. Now watch what Jesus says too in Matthew 20, 28. He says, for even the son, this is Jesus said this. Jesus himself said this in Matthew 20, 28. He says, for even the son of man came not to be served. Huh? Even Jesus came not to be served, but he could. He, he was entitled to that. He, had the, he could do that. He, I mean, he, he was equipped to do it. No, even Jesus came not to be served, but to what? Serve others. Even you who come to church Sunday mornings, you should not come here to be served. You should not come here to be fed. You should come here so full. <laughs> All right. You should come here so full. That you don't need to be fed. You know who gets fed? Babies. And I don't think we have many babies in Christ in this room. You should come here full and ready to do the work. You should come here setting this place up because you know what? This is going to be beautiful. This is going to be wonderful. And I know today may be the day that somebody drives by and sees our sign and says, you know what? I'm going to give God one more shot. I'm going to check out this church. I've tried 20 others. I'm going to try this one today. And he's going to walk or she's going to walk through this room, walk through this building. Somebody's going to embrace them with Christ. It's going going to be a beautiful experience and they're going to make a decision to give their very lives all because you decided to serve somebody else and not yourself I didn't mean to go there Jesus himself came to serve others and not be served So don't think that when we set up here on a Sunday morning, we are doing this so that we can have our own quiet and secret, wonderful worship experience. We are setting up to serve literally the people that need to hear Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm going to need security getting out of here this morning. Serve your neighbors. Serve the people in your community. They're going to serve your local church. Commit. Say, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm busy, man. I'm busy, Pastor. I, I, I love coming here. I'm busy. But I tell you what, here's a commitment. I'm going to come one Sunday a month and, and serve this place. Because I believe this Sunday I serve I'm going to bless somebody. 
I believe the Sunday that I serve, somebody's going to walk through that door, give their life to Christ, and Christ is going to look down and say, look at that. Amen. You get it. I give you your points for that. Because it's not about us. It's about those who are not here. You're here. The work is done. Who else needs to be here? Get them here. You do it. Watch this. Watch this. Why, 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 why? See, why, this is why. When it comes to our role in church, God doesn't want us to be the toe people that dip their toe in there. He doesn't want us to be that. If that was the case, he would have just done everything himself with Jesus. By the way, he could have done everything old school. Y'all know what old school God is? He wiped out a whole nation and start all over. Oh, y'all, oh, y'all don't want to follow my rules? Quap! Bye-bye. Next nation. He wasn't wiping out people. He was wiping out nations. But aren't y'all really grateful that God doesn't do that now? Do y'all, first of all, do you believe he can actually do that? Yes, you should be. If you don't believe it, we need to work on your faith. He can do it. He did it then. He can do it now, but he chooses not to. He gives us grace and mercy. Wow, that's a big deal. Watch this. Watch this. When we, when, listen, listen, God wants us to run to the edge of this pool called church and cannonball the heck out of it. I, I, I love watching. My son, Ja'Kai, is the skinniest kid I know. You know, he's a small kid, but this dude, I'm telling you, we went to camp this summer. This dude, I mean, there were some big kids, and it was like, man, you know, they were looking, they're like, oh, I bet you that person's going to give a big cannonball. But see, cannonball has technique. If you don't tuck right and get enough, you know, air up in there and then come down right, you're not going to get a big splash. So what was happening was this big kid flopped. You know, he hurt himself, and it was a little splash. But then my little Jakai. Gets up there, and they're like, oh, he's not going to make a big splash because they were having a cannonball contest. And I think Ja'Kai maybe came in third, fourth place, but, well, you know, he, that's good out of, like, 20, 30 kids. So he goes to the edge. I says, son, it's all about technique. You got to tuck right, get, you know, get to the edge of that, that diving board. And I said, you got to bounce and let that thing spring you up. You just give it all you got and let it spring you up, and you go out. And he gets to the edge of that diving board. He looked at me. I was like, when he gave him the wink, like, you got it, you a Santiago boy, you better do it. Represent. And he gets to the edge and tucked, bam, splash. And all the kids there was like, they didn't think they were going to get splashed, so they didn't bother moving. All of a sudden, ah, oh, the little girls are screaming, oh, I'm wet, I'm wet. He splashed the heck out of them. And, and, and guess what? Imagine you being my son, Ja'Kai. And, and there are people, a bunch of people, the, the spectators are lost people. The spectators are people who are like, man, I wish I could find a really good church in this community. The spectators are people that, that you work with. The, 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 the spectators are your neighbors. The spectators are your family members. And here you are. You're like, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this doggone thing and I'm going to splash. I'm going to make sure that this splash is full of love, full of care, full of kindness, full of Jesus. I'm going to go. I'm going to make sure it reaches so far. And you go to the edge of that pool and you bounce and just let that thing kick you up. And you tuck tight and you get it in and splash. 
Your family member who's been disconnected is saved. Your neighbor who's been disconnected and looking for a church comes to your church. Your, your friends, your co-workers who are like, man, I don't, I don't talk about religion or politics. Now they want to talk about Jesus. Come on, somebody. All you have to do is go to the edge of the diving board, let that thing kick you off the end of it, and make the biggest cannonball splash of love for everybody that you need to reach in your life. Oh, my goodness, that's a good analogy. Let me tell you why you got to do this. Y'all like statistics? Let me share one with you. A Gallup survey discovered a group of 12% of Americans that are happier, have stronger families, are more tolerant of people of different races and religions, are more community-minded than others. What was the common characteristic of this 12% of the group? Watch this. They are highly spiritually connected. They don't put their toe in the water, ladies and gentlemen. They cannonball the heck out of it. And because of it, as a result, because they're doing something for somebody else, because of their commitment spiritually, others are being saved. Y'all can take that. Y'all can take that. Here's the final thing, and I'm going to pray us out. Final thing, and I'm going to pray us out. The team can come and get ready to worship for us. Here's the final point. Invite others to join the mission. Invite others to join the mission. God didn't design for us to do this thing by ourselves. The weight of the, listen, God didn't put all the weight on the pastor and say, you know what? I've, I've called you to be a pastor. I've ordained you to be a pastor. Now you grow, you go and grow my kingdom. No, he put the weight on all of us. Back in the day before Jesus died upon the cross, yeah, all of the weight was on the role of a priest. A priest had to pray for you. A priest had to, 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 to heal you. A priest had to give you permission for stuff. But then there was this man, an innocent man, who, who was nailed to a cross and died for you and I. And on that cross, while he was on that cross, there was a veil that separated the priests from the regular folk. But that veil ripped in half, allowing everybody direct access to God. So the weight is not on the priest anymore. The weight is on all of us, me, you, your neighbors, all of us. It's not on the pastor. I can only do what I can for you. <laughs> I will share the gospel. I will, I will teach you how to read it. I will pray for you and with you. But it's you. He's going to look at my books and look at your books too. He's going to say, you know what? You didn't, you know, you had an opportunity to bring somebody, but you ignored it. And he's going to look at yours the exact same way. My weight is not going to be more than yours. You have to be the one that invites people to be a part of this mission. Do you love what God is doing in your life? Do you? Are you, are you bragging about it? You know, that's the only time God gives you permission to brag. He says you can brag on him all day long. You can, you can brag on him. You can brag on God. He gives you license and permission to do that. You can't brag on yourself. <laughs> but you can brag on God all day. He never gets tired of that. And when you brag on God, somebody's like, yo, really? And when you brag on your church, they're like, really? That happens at your church? Really? I can come in jeans? Really? Y'all got coffee? Everybody got coffee nowadays. I mean, I don't know a church that don't serve coffee. I think the Baptists are serving coffee nowadays. All right, no offense to Baptists if they're here. Everybody's serving coffee this morning. But what makes us unique? You answer that. I know what makes us unique, but I need you to know that. Because when you know what makes us unique, it's easier for you to invite others to be a part of 
the mission. Amen? Amen. Was that good? Was that good? Y'all got that? Huh? All right. Hey, uh, people in the back, have a sign-up sheet. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.